everyone. I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up and move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. Today, I am so honored just to have someone very special to me inside the huddle with us. So here inside the huddle and ready to help us to move the ball is Odessa Jenkins. Odessa is a former women's running back who holds both national and world titles in women's professional football. She is very passionate about the advancement of women and girls in sports and is a founder of the Women's National Football Conference, of which I'm a board member. And Odessa is a true baller, not only excelling in football, but she also was player of the year when she played college basketball. Beyond the game, OJ is the vice president of client support services at Your Cause, and she brings over 15 years of team leadership, operational best practices, and strategic account support to the business world. Odessa, welcome to the show. What's up, Jen? How are you? (laughs) I am great. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. And I love your energy. We're going to talk about that in a minute too. Okay. Okay, cool. (laughs) You have such great energy. I mean, everything that I see, I mean, when we talk, when I see you post stuff on social media, you just, you bring it every day and I love it. So we've known each other for quite some time and, and there's a lot of places that I could start this conversation, but let's kick it off talking about how did you get into football? First of all, thanks for having me on. I think it's really, really an awesome show that you're doing. How did I get into football? I fell in love with football, really fell in love with sports uh, as a young kid. Anything involving the ability to compete and win and get better uh, was something that I was always attracted to as, as a young girl and figured out that I was decently athletic after running around with the boys. You know, when we were playing pickup football in L.A., in Watts, in the streets. My brothers and cousins and my friends would always just give me the ball and make me the running back. And so it became something that I fell in love with. And I I played the sport up until the eighth grade in junior high school to when uh, my coach advised me to move on to basketball. Gotcha. And uh, what excited you most about the game? Was it the competitive aspect or was there something else there? First and foremost, it was the ability to compete. You know, I think football is is unique in that there are a bunch of one-on-one, competitive, strategic, very physical matchups happening. It's a beautiful sport. I love basketball. I love the strategy of basketball. I love the mental aspect. I love the skill set required. But football captured me, especially as I got older and more technique-oriented in the game. This football captured me in that it wasn't just competitive super strategic. You need all uh, 11 to move as one uh, in all three phases. There's so many things that can affect a football game uh, that nobody even knows about, right? There's so many layers and dimensions to the game. And I think that's why I always been super intrigued about it. But nothing gets me going more than the ability to compete and win. And so share with us, what was your most memorable moment playing football? Oh, that's tough. You know, I have a lot of great memories. You know, I think my first championship as a coach uh, back in 2017 is probably a really good memory. But ultimately, I love I love the fight. 
You know, there's a story I always tell my team and I, and I even in the corporate world, I tell my, my team and outside of football, but there's a story of a king named Sisyphus who was um, damned to Hades by Zeus because he wasn't a great guy. His punishment was to push a boulder up a mountain for eternity. And I say that because my best memories of the game come from practice. They come from the long conversations that you have with athletes when they don't think they can do it and and inspiring them and convincing them. It, It comes from all the things that people probably don't see. And to me, I relate that to Sisyphus and pushing that boulder up the mountain and that I've fallen in love with pushing the boulder up the mountain, not necessarily getting it to the top. Pushing the boulder and getting getting to do it every day is is kind of my best memory. Oh, I love that story. And yeah, there are some people that are listening that that may be lacking the confidence or or thinking they can continue on with whatever they're, they're looking to do in life. What advice would you share with them to keep on going? Yeah, I think, again, there's no one in life that hasn't been dealt adversity I think adversity is a gift. And the minute you start to look at adversity as a gift is the minute you start to open up capabilities in your mind that you never had before. And it all starts with your mind and your heart to me, right? When we look at our best athletes, when we look at our best players, when we look at a mechanism for recruiting or scouting at whatever level, it is all about what the athlete has in their head and their heart. That goes for anybody in business and in life and relationships. It all starts with what you have in your heart your head and your heart because that drives your actions. And so I'd say take all the adversity that you have in your life and figure out how that adversity is creating an opportunity or an advantage for you in a place where you didn't really think about it. And that's how you get to a place where you kind of achieve whatever you want. Um, You open up, like I said, open up capabilities in your mind that weren't there before. And once you think that you actually can, then you do. I love that. And you know, especially as we're going through today's times with this pandemic and, and the uncertainty around it, I remember, you know, as you know, I left my corporate job in November of last year, and that was a big decision. And uh, then we had you know, the coronavirus hit. And so I had to shift my business, stock market tank, it's rebounded some. But I remember talking with people and they're like, wow, Jen, this is a really bad time to, to leave your job. And I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, I I made this decision for a reason. And to me, I just view this pandemic as just another thing that you have. It's another obstacle that you have to tackle and move on. And so I used to tell people, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be stronger on the other side of this because I'm going to know how to move the ball and get through this. And so I think embracing that adversity and whatever comes your way is something that is so key to being able to be successful. So I appreciate you sharing uh, that example and that story with us. So share with us from a female perspective, what do you think are the most important qualities in being an elite athlete? Like talent is important, but as we know, talent only gets you so far. So what are those other traits, characteristics that you think make someone elite? Yeah. And I don't think it's any different for a female athlete than it is for a male athlete. A dog is a dog. (laughs) Um, So, but when it comes to getting to an elite level, I think there are a few things that you should focus on. One is the athlete's willingness to compete. I think that the competitiveness uh, of elite athletes sets them apart. If you look at all the goats, um, whether it's the new goats, the old goats, they all um, are fierce competitors, meaning, um, 
they don't want to just compete for themselves. They find a way to make sure that their teammates, their coaches, that everybody increases their level of, of their willingness to compete. So I think that's, that's one. The other thing I think that's critical for somebody to be an elite athlete is their ability to see team over self. I mean, that's one of the hardest things to do as an elite competitor, particularly because I think when you're an elite athlete, you could probably do things that other people can't do and they might come easier than you. But I think that getting to the ability to put your team over yourself and realizing how to make your team help you improve and make you better uh, is another core trait of, of an elite performer. I won't even say athlete, of an elite performer. The next thing that I would definitely say that an elite performer um, has to have is they have to have high integrity, right? And high character. And I think that's how does that elite performer act when nobody's watching is what I think separates them. And I think that's something very few coaches and managers talk to. But I think one of the most critical parts of a leader to me is how you act when the crowd isn't watching, how you behave with people when you have an advantage. What do you act like when you're on the top of the hill versus when you're on the bottom? I think integrity and character is super, super duper important. And then I think the last attribute that I would say of an elite athlete that separates them or elite performer that separates them from anyone else is just their willingness to break down and be a student of whatever thing they're trying to achieve. Um, being a student always and being a learner always helps with selflessness. It helps get rid of ego um, because when you're willing to sit down and learn, it means that you're sitting down and listening. So those are some of the key attributes that I think every elite performer has. I think those are great. And I, I like how you, you use the term elite performer because, yeah, it's not just about being an athlete on the court, on the field. Everything that you just described is important for everybody, whether you're playing sports or you're in the business world or just living life. Those are all things that we should be implementing into our own lives. So let's transition and talk about the Women's National Football Conference. Uh, tell us, you know, what was your vision for? Why did you start it? That kind of thing. Yeah, I think that it's interesting we're having this conversation right now where the the last ruling on the U.S. national soccer team has come down. And so part of it gets to my why. So my why in football is because it's my passion. I love it. And I played the game for um, 10 years and started to coach the game. And I was, you know, women's football has been around for 60 years. And it's been around as an amateur sport and has gone up and down in terms of the level of seriousness and investments. And there's been all kinds of leagues. There's a big nonprofit league that has a bunch of teams. There's the um, lingerie league that um, is all about entertainment and, and selling the sexuality of a woman and, and some of those things. There's other leagues popping up. So that has gone on since the beginning of time. And for me, creating the WNFC was, I felt like women's football needed a brand um, that people could take seriously. I felt like uh, women's football, in order to get to professionalism, needed to be needed to kind of start over um, and build a solid foundation. Um, I think that women's football needed to get a little smaller in terms of the people involved if we wanted to get to professionalism so that we can control and um, offer better content. 
to content consumers. But most importantly, I did it for the players. That that was the number one reason of starting the WNFC. As I told you, 10, 10, 10 years of playing, I've been league MVP. I've been the top player rated player in, in the world. I've been all these things and nobody was showing me progress from the business perspective. Nobody was holding my team to a standard even. So even though we had our own standard, no league was holding us to a standard that would make us improve. And I just thought that all the work and all the money and all the time and all the blood and all the sweat and all the tears that all the women were putting in wasn't seeing us progress to where we ultimately wanted want to get to, which is building out professionalism and having women's tackle football be the single profession of the athlete. Well, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I I mean, last year was the inaugural season for the WNFC and you guys did so many amazing things. It was great to see the growth. It was great to see the progress that you guys have been doing as a league. Definitely, I am proud to be a a part of the organization. I'm so excited about uh, where this organization continues to go. But as someone who has been involved with a couple different semi-pro football leagues, I mean, I can personally say that it's a lot of work um, for those who may not be familiar with what it takes to stand up a league like this. Share with us a couple examples of the challenges that you had to face and how you overcame them. Yeah, and I'll say that's actually one of the advantages we have uh, in the WNFC because we have a bunch of, you know, people, and it all starts with the team, right? Just like any other, any investor, when an investor starts to look at a business, what do they look at first? Generally, it's the founder. Who's the leader of the business? What do they do? What what are their skill sets? Um, what have they done? What have they achieved? What you know? How are they involved in the product? How do they know the market? So that's step one. You know, I think the first part of that wasn't a challenge because we have some of the smartest people. I was lucky enough to have people around me like April Chrysler, who'd been in women's football for 14 years, seen it at every level, um, has extreme knowledge of technology and marketing, um, whether it be in my wife, Elizabeth, who is working in finance for the last eight years, who have some ideas about how we should be structuring things from an administrative financial perspective, or, you know, there was Morgan Durham, there's Kristen, there's Andrea, I mean, so many people who have in their non-football life who have strategic business knowledge that would help us build the business. And I think that's the hardest part for these sports leagues, right? Everybody is just trying to go get the money. I think going to get the right people who have a knowledge base of how to build the product that you're intending to build. And I was lucky enough um, to be in a startup business for six years. Matt Combs, who hired me at Your Cause, we were just a startup when we we started the business. Um, We were a small startup and helped quadruple that business over a five-year period. And the things that I learned from being in a startup um, with Matt and have helped me tremendously overcome some of the hurdles of building the WNFC. I really, you know, use that blueprint of what it took to build a viable tech company. And I'm implementing that into what it takes to build a viable sports league. Can you give us a couple of examples of what you've learned in the startup business that was helpful? Because there are other people listening that are, you know, looking at starting their own business or a part of a smaller startup business. Do you have any nuggets that you can share? Yeah, there's some very simple things that I learned. 
one, who you hire, the people. I, and I said that at the beginning. Uh, but one thing I learned about being in a startup is the people. You have to have leaders in the business who are willing to do the work. You have to have workers in the business who are willing to lead. So your who matters most when you're a small startup. If you can't look across your startup company and see that you have people that are irreplaceable early on, then you need to go get new people. Because I think when I look at uh, where we were with your cause when I first joined, there were engineers, there were technical people, there were product people, there were business leaders, strategic people, very small number of people, the people who were willing to do just about everything in the business, regardless of their title. And I think that that's where we have in the WNFC. I went and got people who had tremendous resumes who could lead. Like I, I always tell the group at the WNFC, I think that we could lead any Fortune 100 company. Like if you took this group of women who are leading the WNFC and you plopped them in any company, we could go run that company and run it well. But most importantly, Nobody cares about titles. They're all willing to do everything in the business to make sure that the business moves, moves forward. Um, two, content and the, the, the marketing and the, the beauty of the thing matters, right? So what it looks like. That's another that I learned early on from being in a startup. And the last piece is to really focus on how you're going to bring value to your customer and always focus on how you're going to bring value to your customer and value to your investor and developing those th three things, the people, the beauty of the product, the content, and then how you bring value was huge for building the WNFC. And the last thing that I think that we have, which is why we went and got some of the best teams and best owners is your product just has to be good. Right. No matter how much you raise your series A, B, C, D, however many series fundraise you have, eventually your product is going to catch up to you. So you can market all you want, but you got to play football. And when you play football and you point a camera at it, it has to be a product that can stand up next to the other things in the market. Absolutely. Quality product is key. Focusing on the customer value is also important no matter what business you're in and the people. I love that you talk about the people, especially in a smaller organizational setting, you know, in, in bigger and I've worked in Fortune 50 companies, you can be fatter and have dead weight and the business still moves. But when you are small, every person matters. And I have a 17-year-old daughter who is a CEO of a company that has investor funding and I am not the investor. So they did actually raise capital outside. Every person, we, we talk about different people. There are some people that just left the business because they weren't the right people. Every single person matters. Yeah, every person matters. And I think we get to a point, especially in sports, right? We've seen uh, semi-pro football. Um, you know, recently we've seen leagues raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, but the people matter, right? Just because you are a brand doesn't mean that you have what it takes to build a football league over time there are so many small intricate pieces and it's taken me and my team decades to learn some of the things that we've learned and we're still only one year into trying it I felt like we needed to learn to get to this point and I think that's the mistake a lot of startups make is and entrepreneurs and founders, we want to go right now. We want to do everything right now. And I think having the patience to make sure the right people are involved is critical. Absolutely. So share with us, what are some of the great things that uh, the WNFC has done this season? 
we were really looking forward to 2020 because in one year of operation, we revolutionized how people look at women's tackle football. I think there's no other way to put it. We came onto the scene in a world where there were a few leagues and no one had a global sponsor. No one had a model where teams didn't have to pay and where players weren't paying in some way into the league. No one had a model where the league had actually raised funds. And this is in women's football. No one. No one had done it. No one had run a situation where there were incentives given directly to players or things given to the teams without giving them cash up front. So we came in and in one year, we delivered the sponsorship in Adidas and a global sponsor and a partnership with Adidas and Rodell Sports. And those two brands, for the first time, put their arms around a women's tackle football league and said, we're going to walk step by step with you over the long haul to develop professionalism in women's tackle football. Those two brands jumping on helped us achieve epic proportions. We were able to give each team uh, $4,000 stipends. No teams paid us over last season. We were able to give our players weekly grants, $250 for our players of the week. So we ended up as a league distributing uh, thousands of dollars to players. Every player got a uniform that the team didn't have to pay for. Every all-star, um, you know, uh, was awarded a, a swag pack that gave them a free uniform, a um, swag bag and merchandise um, up to 500 bucks. Every, every all-star you know, Riddell Sports stepped up and gave um, both championship teams um, helmet sponsorships. And what's crazy is we saw other brands follow in other leagues. So, you know, a helmet sponsorship, for example, that was revolutionary. We were the only first league to do that. And then right after that, another league was able to achieve that. We were able to get sponsorships from our tech providers following um, we were able to bring that to the market so to me it's not just what we were able to do for the WNFC in six-figure investments and distributing things to players for the first time because for the first time players showed up to a championship game and actually got something which sounds odd I know for a lot of men out there who play but you know, for women tackle football to show up and be an all-star and get beautiful gear and have somebody treat you like a superstar, that was a first in the history of our game. And so I'm proud that we were able to do that. And in 2020, it was going to be the year of TV, right? We've seen a, a bunch of leagues distribute or, or say that they were going to be on television. For the first time, we were going to have a production crew go to 10 cities in 2020 and kick off our national TV show. So that's going to roll to 2021. And you know, that'll be our biggest investment. And that's what we're looking to bring on investors to make sure the production of that is great. But I feel that we are set up to produce the best content that the world has ever seen as it relates to women's tackle football. So I'm, I'm excited about what, what we've done, but I'm more excited about what we're about to do. Absolutely. And I, I'm excited for it too. I mean, being a, someone that that's following closely and, uh, and participating uh, where I can add value, it's neat to see the progression. I mean, to have sponsors that you have, I mean, these are, reputable brands, global brands that have said, we want to partner with the WNFC, which is just a testament to the high quality brand that the WNFC represents and what they're doing. So thanks for sharing 
all of that. And so let's talk about, I, I know we had to cancel the 2020 season. I know that was a very difficult decision to make because of this pandemic. Share with us a little bit more about what can people expect to see in 2021? Oh, man, I'm so excited. You know, we expanded a bit. We're trying to be smart about how we expand and expand to the right cities. To your point, with the right people. Like, I'm not trying to do this like anybody else has done it. It doesn't matter where the teams are. Get the right people involved. But I was so excited about our East Coast expansion in 2020 and bringing in cities like Philly and um, Washington, D.C., Maryland and Mississippi and North Carolina and and New Mexico and bringing in some of these awesome cities like Kansas City and and a lot of these great football cities. Um, So I can't wait for 2020 to get here so that we can see what the new flavor of matchups and teams is going to be. So the football is something I'm excited about. I'm also excited about what we'll be with our sponsors, right? I think we're in a world where everybody's impacted by COVID-19 and the pandemic, um, but we got some sponsors that are dedicated to the sport, to the world of sports. Um, So it's really cool to see that. I'm really excited about the TV production. I think there's going to be a lot of women's football available in 2020. I'm excited to show that the WNFC is going to have the best product to put on television in 2020. I'm excited to bring new content to the world right? Content that nobody's ever seen this way. We've had championships in the past on ESPN3 and, um, you know, other leagues. I'm talking about greatly produced TV show quality where everybody's fully dressed, which has never happened before. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about new partnerships and new sponsors coming on to expand how our players are getting highlighted. That's the other thing we're focused on for 2021 is we got a lot of stars in this league, a lot of great, talented players. And I'm really excited to show the world who these women are, who these working women who play this sport are and how they're our heroes of today. Yeah, and it's not just their talent on the field. I mean, they're doing some fantastic things off the field to make a difference in their communities and uh, the people around them. So I'm looking forward to also highlighting a number of uh, the players as we continue on in 2020. So stay tuned for that. And I highly encourage everyone listening to go check out the WNFC. You can go to WNFCfootball.com. I will have that link in the show notes. Check them out. We're really excited about the 2021 season. It's going to be a great year. Now, what I want to do is I want to transition to my two-minute drill, which are just seven fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. What's your favorite food? Mac and cheese. You like any special, any toppings or just plain Jane mac and cheese? You don't put topping on mac and cheese. (laughs) Good old fashioned Southern Mama Jenkins mac and cheese. There you go. What's your favorite movie? I'm going to say Forrest Gump. I'm going to go with Forrest Gump. Okay, that's a good movie. How about what's your favorite professional sports team? Doesn't have to be football. The Los Angeles Lakers. There you go. Uh, How about what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? Be true to yourself. Let's flip it now. What's the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Be true to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like, again, integrity and character and being able to live with the decisions you make is one of the uh, gifts that I think you can give to a person. Be true to yourself. Now, how about what is one thing that most people don't know about you? I'm a pretty open book. I can't make a fist with my left hand. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. And then uh, lastly, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? Wonder Woman. Nice. Why? Because she's Wonder Woman. She meets all my standards for great humans. She looks good. She moves fast and uh, she hits hard. There you go. Now, one thing that I was going to ask, and I'm sure that people listening can hear your energy in this conversation. And like I said, when we uh, started (laughs) the chat, I love your energy. And something that I write about in Move the Ball is that a great leader has energy that energizes and really can fire up the team and the people around them. And to share, it's like, why do you have so much energy? How do you bring that into each and every day? Yeah, I'm a competitor. I believe believe in not just competing for to win, but I believe in competing to make people better, right? I think that if you are a person who's born with charisma or leadership or whatever they want to call it, then you have a duty to exude it and to give it to other people. I think that I recognize my energy and I think that you can use your gifts for one or two ways. You can use it to do good or you can use it to do bad in the world. I wake up every day thinking, how can I do good with the things that God has given me? Without, I don't need anything else. I just wake up, open my eyes. And if that's all I had was me, how do I make the world a better place? No money, no anything else. But if all I had were the tools that I was blessed with. How do I continue to make the people around me better? And how do I continue to be true to myself and make myself proud of the thing I did that day? And that's, that's where the energy comes from. It is a consistent um, need and willingness to extend myself to others and to make sure that, that the world around me is doing the best it can. Well, I will say that again, I love your energy and I tend to be a pretty high energy person, but when I see your videos on social media, they really energize me as well. So keep on doing that. Let's go. We need to do a duet, Jen. Let's get it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So as we wrap up today's show, tell our listeners, what's the best way to follow you? We'll put the WNFC links in the show notes, but how can people connect with you and keep apprised of everything that you're doing? Yeah, you know, follow WNFC Football. That's on Twitter as well as Instagram and our website, WNFCFootball.com. Our Facebook, right now we got this awesome virtual game show going on with all of our 20 teams. So I I would love everybody to tune in next week to that because I think that's going to be really cool. It's a family feud style kind of of thing we're doing across the league. But um, I've got the plug that we're also starting up our own homegrown content on WNFC TV on our WNFCFootball.com. And there's going to be content from me directly on the progression of the league. We're going to have some um, webcasts going on. So I think that's a great way to go. Go be a subscriber on our website at WNFCfootball.com. Following me personally at, I can't remember what I am on all of my socials, but if you look up Odessa Jenkins, you'll be able to find me. You know, I think that if you really want to see where my passion lies, you know, if this made you want to be involved in, in whatever I do, please go to WNFC and on socials or WNFCfootball.com. Reach out to us directly and get involved. I think if they're smart, strategic, you know, whether it be an investors, partners, people who have ideas out there who want to get involved with us, we're always looking for the right people. So I say get in touch with us. Excited about it. We'll make sure that I'll put all those links I got you. I'll put all your social links in uh, the show notes as well. And yeah, if, if you're interested in learning more, uh, check out the website. If you want to be more involved or, or collaborate or figure out partnerships, please reach out. Uh, it's a great group of 
of people. And uh, I definitely think you'll, you'll enjoy uh, getting to know Odessa more as well as the WNFC team. Uh, so thanks so much, Odessa. I really appreciate you joining us today. For sure. Thanks for having us, Jen. WNFC, let's go. And thanks again to everyone for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so, so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.